0: Welcome to Audio Gyan with Kedar Nimkar, a podcast that documents insightful conversations with Indian designers, artists, musicians, writers, thinkers, and creatives of all types. Catch us on iTunes or visit audiogyan.com for more Gyan sessions. Here's your host, Kedar Nimkar.
1: Today, I have Isha Pimpal Kharé with us on Audio Gyan. Isha is a mixed-media designer artist who situates her work, her practice, I'll take it again, Today, I have Isha Pimpalkare with us on Audio Isha is a mixed media designer artist who situates her practice at the convergence of art and design with focus on creating emotive and engaging tactile environments. She did her master's in textile from Royal College of Art, uh, RCA, uh, London, and then bachelor's of textile, before that, bachelor's of textile design at NID, Ahmedabad. For me, textile design is uh, relatively new. So I've come up with some few basic questions to gain some beginner level understanding of this domain and obviously discuss few of our interesting projects, which uh, Isha has been exploring. So first of all, Isha, thank you for giving your time and uh, yeah, welcome to the show. It's it's a pleasure to have you.
0: Thank you, Kedar. Uh, thank you for inviting me on the show.
1: <laughs> okay. So as I said, uh, I have like really basic questions uh, and, and uh, just trying to understand what textile designers, and what i've tried to do over uh last three years is when i when i ventured into animation i was it was a relatively new field for me so the one with uh, uh, vaibhav Kumaresh, i just tried to understand what's the landscape of animation in india mm-hmm. while uh, when i discussed uh, with Vyas, it was more of uh, uh, understanding what is stop motion animation so getting nuances as in when the the domain understanding improves so with this uh, i'm because i've been staying away from fashion or textile in general for a long time so with uh, i've been following your work on instagram and found to be interesting to start at a more nuanced level of textile in general and that's where so it, it will be like more uh basic understanding yeah. so yeah so if I can ask you first uh, and if you can give context is what is uh, like a mixed media creative? Uh, I mean, like what sort of a person is this? Uh, even in fact, what qualifies as a mixed media output? Okay. If you can start and then, yeah. Um,
0: so, I mean, traditionally, even if you kind of break down the word mixed media basically means uh, when you combine various materials, techniques, processes. So uh, essentially, when you're creating a mixed me, I mean, when somebody titles their work as a mixed media output, they're essentially trying to say that they've used um, used a mix of materials which are beyond the conventions of you know like you know how a furniture designer uses uh, wood and that's understood. Uh, so uh, when when you start start kind of starting start breaking those boundaries and start using a mix of materials to create a certain kind of output, uh, you you normally call it a mixed media output um and i guess the word kind of comes from more of an artistic space because generally mixed media o- outputs are generally paintings uh, objects sculptures installations so that's where that word uh, in my opinion is borrowed from from the art space really so um so yeah if that kind of answers your question entirely
1: yeah and and yeah i mean what then what sort of output uh... Do do these designs? In in your case, it's it's textile. So if you can help us understand the context of, you play with fabric, and then what's the extension? Yeah. Are you just are you just uh, experimenting with different forms of fabric, or maybe introducing some different domain altogether?
0: Yeah. So I think I think I mean coming back to the word mixed media again, I think somewhere there is a sense of experimenting, there is a sense of breaking down boundaries and these compartments that you generally create for professions. And uh, when it comes to textiles in specific, uh, I I did, I mean, why the word mixed media stuck around with me was because I uh, studied a specialization within textiles, which was called uh, mixed media. So uh, within the specialisms, we had Quite a lot of freedom to really explore textiles in any which sense which, that we wanted to. So, textiles generally is divided into uh, wovens, uh, print, um, knitwear, and then beyond that, I, I guess there's, there's obviously a much more that you can do with textiles. But these are generally the for, more formal, um, what do I say, compartmentalization of textiles. So mixed media comes in when your 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 approach to textiles becomes uh, a bit more out of these three contexts. So you might be working with textiles in conjunction with uh, wood for that matter or textiles you know, uh, and creating objects and sculptures out of it, which could be a mix of uh, um, really anything rope and fabric and uh, embroideries for that matter so so what you're essentially doing is you're kind of mixing in different elements to bring together and tell a story uh, whatever it is that you're trying to convey so um from a textile perspective i guess uh, i mean a lot of people uh, ask me especially like my parents age there are always people asking me like what do you exactly do and it's it's difficult for them to sometimes wrap their head around something which doesn't have a very clear-cut output but i think uh, what mixed media and and mixed media in in terms of textiles does is also to kind of help you create new avenues for yourself so uh, ex- explore textile in a new light for that matter so um, what I was studying especially at RCA was um, combining textiles with motors so um, bringing in a certain movement with uh, within a textile surface using motors. So so my my, my material and my my techniques were, Uh, were quite varied right from doing surface manipulation and embroideries um, uh, some printing and then kind of combining this with like heat setting fabric into different shapes and then eventually connecting up them up with motors and then creating movement so that that's that's sort of I don't know if that answers your question or I went really far away from it
1: (laughs) in fact uh, that brings me to like a Interesting question and it could be slightly naive. But uh, do you, is it fair to say that um, these sort of fabrics which are, say, stain resistance or fabrics which are uh, fragrance now, these days we Mm -hmm. have that also. So are these uh, outputs of some similar experiments which are happening behind the scene?
0: Yeah, of course. I mean, uh, I think uh, textiles is... um... A lot of the times, textiles is looked at as a very aesthetic medium, uh, where it's just a beautiful looking fabric. But there's a lot of other stuff people are doing. You know, like you mentioned. Uh, uh, again, these are very uh, these are a lot of chemical processes that you spoke about. But something something as new as a field like biodesign, design, for that matter. There's a lot of textile designers working in that field too, where you're creating a completely new textile surface. No, I mean. Well, I mean, you don't need to look at textile as a as something to do with cloth. When you look at textiles in a more broader sense, you're talking about a two-dimensional surface, which which holds properties of um, folding, bending, um, uh, a create. I mean, being able to be created into a three D structure. So so when you kind of expand the idea of textiles, it doesn't anymore become just a fabric that you wear on your Body or uh, or sits in your couch, but it's actually a surface that so anything that's a two dimensional surface that's soft could essentially be called a textile. But it's uh, I mean that's my opinion of it.
1: (laughs) And 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 if you have any famous uh, people who have done this sort of work, I mean because um, I mean there has to be some sort of a pioneer or someone who's who's like a luminary in this field who influence. Uh, you in general or this sort of discipline itself got its uh, own stand Um, if you can highlight that then maybe this could be just like a reference point for people to dig further
0: Correct. Um, I mean, some something somebody that comes from the top of my head is uh, Iris van Herpen. So she's a Dutch uh, fashion designer. She's quite young. She's just in her thirties right now, but she's done some phenomenal work. She's again a fashion designer, but I uh, the way she manipulates fabric and the way she drapes it around a body it's it just creates a larger experience so you're not looking at the te- at at the model for uh, this beautiful looking dress but you're looking at the textile and what it actually does to the body or the way it moves with the body or the way it kind of Uh, uh, flows. So, 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 so that's something that's really inspiring for me. When, when you're no longer looking at the product, but you're looking at how that textile is adding to to the entire experience of it all. So that's somebody that comes to mind quite immediately.
1: Yeah, and you have like sparked one more question on the same lines, which is, since you mentioned about not just body, but also uh, like a couch or like anything. So. It, it just opens up possibilities of thinking textile in a different format. So any like very distinct applications of this sort of a fabric or this sort of a material, uh, how how broad is the canvas? You can go from one extreme to the extreme. So like one extreme, which is very common in public opinion is is would be like fashion design and the stuff that you wear. Uh, can you take the other extreme and give us some insights that it's possible? Um,
0: I mean, if I were to take it to an entirely intangible space uh, from, I mean, textiles being a, a very tangible medium, but um, I remember one of my batchmates back in RCA was uh, was exploring the idea of intimacy uh, and how do you create intimate spaces uh, in public spaces, right? And textile then becomes a very important messenger or almost a metaphor in that sense because textile is uh, associated with intimacy warmth uh, the idea of belonging so uh, what i'm trying to say i mean I, I i i guess you were asking more in terms of application but i feel that uh, i feel that textiles has a lot to say as well and communicate as well so that's that's a very intangible medium that that you can get into
1: no, what i was uh, what i was trying to ask you is ki jise, right from your bed pe hai curtains pe rehta hai like ye basic uh, i would say like very known stuff right but uh, uh, i don't know like maybe fabric in the car or Um, No, in fact,
0: in fact, I feel like textiles, uh, in that sense, is is quite a very versatile medium, and it's very up with the times because today, a smart textiles is a big thing, you know. So Mm -hmm. no longer is textiles just about uh, making. uh, I mean, it's it's not just about it being uh, an heirloom in your house or it being being a a sheet on your uh, on your bed but it's actually being used in the whole smart textile space as well where where it's uh, where where what um i guess people have realized is that the material itself lends itself so well with integrating itself with technology even so uh, i guess if i were to say that's sort of the spectrum of textiles because if you think about it textiles has been pretty much uh, a very um i'd say it's been with us ever since humanity existed like the 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 idea of shelter and uh, clothing was very integral to our uh, our existence and to and cut to today when we're trying to find like new age and very um, futuristic solutions textiles is still applicable textiles is still relevant and that's because of its strong material you know properties where it can integrate itself even with technology today so I would say mm-hmm. that's probably a large spectrum enough, I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, a fun question is that, is Iron Man suit also a textile format?
0: <laughs> no, I think it's a it's a metal format.
1: <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. We, it's something which we wear, that's why, <laughs> okay. right, as in like a, a person wears. So. Yeah, correct. I mean, correct. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but I think maybe the joineries could be a textile format because that would make it easy for the this the Iron Man to move around, I guess.
1: <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, okay. In in uh, like obviously, if one is following you on Instagram, which I am, so uh, like, what are you exploring with these flowers and like different shapes with textures and various materials? I mean, <laughs> uh, I could slightly get a sense of when you said that you you try and uh, get more into textile plus motor, but if you can elaborate on that and what are these experiments uh, that you are trying to explore
0: yeah so i think uh, i think um the idea w- with creating a kinetic textiles was born out of this realization that we are uh, we of course live in these highly material environments right like we're not living in jungles and savannas anymore but we're living in concrete jungles and we're we're literally living a very uh material uh saturated life but somewhere our intimacy with our material object is lacking. They're almost like static elements that occupy the space that you occupy so i think that th- th- it was more born out of the need to kind of humanize these material spaces that we occupy so the i mean at a more conceptual level i was just looking at a piece of fabric and how can i bring in a certain level of uh, engagement and a certain level of emotion onto a fabric so that was that's where the idea started and what i'm actually uh, doing with this is kind of trying to give it these subtle movements and kind of actually trying to control these movements so that they display certain kind of emotions which which we as humans can connect to. So uh, even something as simple as a textile expanding and contracting, uh, it's any layperson immediately connects it to breathing and that creates a value and that creates an engagement with that material and that experience that you have. So I think that's where I'm kind of trying to get at where I feel that... Um, uh, materials needn't always be just static elements that occupy uh, our space, but they could actually be participating elements that you can interact with and invest with in and engage with. So, mm-hmm. um, so the, and so, what you see on Instagram, I guess, is are just smaller experiments of this larger idea that I have and uh, what I'm trying to now do is uh, um, so there are two parts to it of course you want to create a certain kind of movement but of course you need to let I mean you need to understand what the textile can do so it's firstly about creating a certain structure so it may be pleating or it may be a certain kind of origami fold and then trying to understand how can you play with that fold and how can you create movement within it? And how can, how can that uh, be maybe reminiscent of a familiar experience that you've had? So uh, maybe you look at something and then you think of something very familiar, but then it's, it's a, it's a more material experience that you're having in front of you. So, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, you nailed it because when I saw the, uh breathing experience with one of the flowers i think you were experimenting with and that's where i decided to just connect with you and understand that what is this this uh, thing that you're building yeah yeah and, and i could connect it with because uh in apple watch you have that breathing which is almost like a flower which expands and uh it, it almost gave me that sort of a feeling exactly um yeah so if i have to ask you then what's or how does it apply in in the uh, I would say, industrial world or uh, what what sort of demand is there for this type of work, especially in India? I mean, where all it can be applied and how is it being applied? Is any of your work being used in a particular way because of this experimentation work? If you can give that sense so that it will connect those two dots.
0: Um, I'd say that... Um right now I think I've experimented with only um it being an installation in a certain environment so um I think um of course it has a value when it comes to an installation um it has value when it comes to being in an exhibition area right so that's pretty obvious applications of these where where you go to a certain uh, space and actually experience something like this. But more in a commercial sense, I guess, uh, of course, in commercial space installations is where uh, there is definitely a demand for this because uh, there are a lot of... The, I mean, I don't know anymore because of the coronavirus situation, but there are a lot of events that generally happen. And then uh, at these events, uh, you always need uh, an engaging factor or they 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 always want uh, I mean what they call an Instagrammable output or Instagrammable wall or whatever so um, so yeah there is a demand there when it comes to creating these kind of uh, experiences uh, at at an exhibition or a design show or um, I did one at a uh, at a fashion label launch Uh, but beyond that I think what I'm personally interested in is also how these could become elements that can integrate themselves as architectural pieces so uh, and I think there's definitely a demand there as well so I mean something as simple as these blooming uh, structures what if I mean I'm, I'm still working it out but I'm thinking of kind of um uh, uh, making them as products where where people can actually just have a personalized piece on their wall you know so um or or could the, could, could this kinetic uh, textile behavior could it integrate itself with you know uh, curtains for that matter could it become a curtain so i think there is definitely an architectural demand for it as well uh, it's um, nothing comes to mind that and I'm personally trying to explore that space myself. So. Um...
1: Wow, interesting. Yeah, I mean, the the moment you said architectural space and maybe interiors, it it just opens up like a lot more possibilities. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll take a small detour, and I wanted to ask you uh, about the Devore technique uh, of printing. I could see that in your in your portfolio, and I was pretty. Uh, intrigued by the overall output which was there in that black fabric which you did so Mm -hmm. uh, this is like a ad hoc question but yeah I just wanted to understand what that technique is yeah and uh, uh, what was the project also about
0: okay so um, devore is a very age old printing technique where um, it's it's basically an acid solution which uh, which eats up the cellulose in a fabric so for example if you have a fabric which is part cotton part polyester and you treat uh, it with devore uh, with the devore paste uh, what you essentially do is you that is that is the paste eats away the cotton from the fabric. So what it was used for is to kind of create these patterns which played with transparency and opacity. So, uh, so it's almost like taking a fabric, you screen print with the devore solution. And once, I mean, of course, you treat it later and wherever the solution is applied, it eats away at the fabric. So so you create this this opacity and transparency within the same fabric and create patterns with it. Uh, I don't know if you can uh, visualize what I'm saying, but uh, that's what it essentially is. Uh, So, I mean, to kind of break it down more for you, imagine making like lace using fabric. So imagine having these random cutouts coming in. Uh, on on a piece of fabric and that's only because you applied the acid solution on that part of the fabric and it due to the chemical chemical reaction it ate away the cellulose so mm. um so that's so this the devore technique is quite old and the people have been using it for very long but i kind of started using it um when i was back in nid when i was doing one of my projects and uh um uh, i kind of just. Uh, Changed up the technique a little bit, where I instead of using a fabric which is a mix of cotton and polyester, I used an entirely cotton fabric and stitched over it with polyester uh, threads. So what I essentially did was create a fabric which was which had only cotton on it, and then just put polyester threads on it, and then and then treated it uh, with um, with the dyeing solution. Due to which it gave mm-hmm. me a completely new uh, textural output. So um, I think I've been working with that for quite some time now, and I um, often create uh, art pieces with them uh, or yeah, take yeah. up commissions for them as well. So that's wow. essentially what Tevore mm-hmm. is about. Yeah. <laughs>
1: wow, well, it looks uh, brilliant. I'm going to add this. Uh... Uh, your your link in the show notes anyways for people to refer yeah sure but uh, then and then just to understand like there were there was some typography then there was some text written on and then uh, some of them stayed some of uh, it went away so when you said it's sort of a screen printing do you mean that The text which is there was probably written in polyester and then the rest was cotton. Oh, no. Is that understanding?
0: No. So if you were to look at any of the fabrics that I'm talking about, you see Mm -hmm. threads, right? Like in these empty spaces where the fabric's been eaten away, you see threads, right? Which is keeping the fabric together. So, that is essentially the polyester part. And uh, the cotton that... Oh,
1: okay. So, But but the thread, uh, oh, achha, the threads itself. The threads, <laughs> I found it to be like a sort of a grid structure on which everything was kept. So, I didn't realize there was thread, but I thought it's like sort of a uh, metallic... No, 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 no. So
0: those threads are basically stitch lines, which are stitched onto the fabric. So, so those being polyester, uh, they even if you apply the solution on it, uh, the polyester threads don't uh, remain unaffected. But the but the fabric uh, on which the uh, the threads are stitched on, because the fabric is cotton, it gets eaten away and it disappears. Right. Right. So that's what it essentially is.
1: Wow! Brilliant! Brilliant! Yeah i mean uh i've just like these few questions to begin with uh, there's a lot more to be now i've like f- more food for thought and <laughs> more questions to be uh, questioned but um i i was p- i'm always personally curious that these uh, these uh, different sorts of experiment with textile especially with clothes which happen in these uh, ramp walks and fashion uh, walks where it happens where there are really they're just exploring or i would say i don't know even call it exploiting the ways people can wear stuff there is hmm. like maybe like 10 feet long gowns and some stuff on their head and it's it's really different uh, which you never see on the road okay. right there's so what's going on there matlab uh, where, what happens matlab i'm sure this must have been like a very simple debate which started uh, which must have started in these sort of communities, that what are So I'm genuinely curious to understand that which part gets into the mainstream or gets into like Channi chalks of India.
0: Correct. So, um, so what you're talking about, I mean, when you have a run, whatever the outfits that go on the runway, um, they're not always meant for wearing um they are many a times there uh, to tell a story so um so um, think of it as these are concept garments almost which are which are walking down the runway and they're trying to tell the larger story of what it is all about you know and then the 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 wearable section of it the wearable uh, the the variables that they make, the which are, which are sold in stores are always, like you say, subtler versions of it. Right. But I think, I think what, what the designer is always trying to do is, um, I, I guess this is again, my opinion of it, but I think runway almost becomes like a space, like a free space to kind of really, ex, to explore and really push yourself to kind of create stuff right and uh, and and whatever story or concept or inspiration that you have you you kind of take it to its extreme and actually extract it and actually put it out there so you you're not really meant to always wear the outfits that go down the runway but what what's important is what what gets drawn from them and what trends are pulled from them and what finally ends up at a chain store could be 1% or 2% of what was shown on the runway but it came from there the thought and the idea comes from came from there so i think that's what it's about like i think you 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 finally you have a larger idea from where you start drawing trends and then those trends translate into outfits that you and me wear you know so Mm -hmm. that's how it works
1: wow brilliantly put i mean i was just going to ask you like a uh further explanation that when you look at these concept cars or when you look at some cutting edge work done in some different domains like even even uh even elon musk thinking of like yeah. moving to mars right and these are really blue sky ideas i always used to wonder that yet matlab where is it like grassroots level pe kab aayega aur kaise aayega is was my genuine question right. but i think uh, you've like established it nicely saying that maybe one or two percent depending on the domain where people are correct right. uh, aspirational or they have that aspiring yeah. feeling and I think, about.
0: I think the idea always needs to take root, right? Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. something like I mean, something like going to mass Even uh, the unless the idea takes root, uh, it won't grow. So for that idea to really take root first, you need to kind of have these these out. I mean, these really uh, almost. Um, uh, Obnoxious sometimes, you know, ideas coming out, which which finally make sense eventually when they kind of sit with you and take root. So that's what it essentially is, I guess.
1: Wow, cool, cool. uh one last uh, question, which is sort of a personal one. What what made you pick this uh, domain? I mean, what made you cross these boundaries or just explore this uh, medium? I mean, uh, or or because I'll give you a background why I'm asking this as well. Because a lot of times I've, I've uh, interviewed with um, furniture designers and interior designers and uh, sometimes painters as well, right? There is a yeah. lot of painters try their hand at, say, sculptor as well. Yeah. So they want to move from one domain to other, maybe because the expression is still not manifesting the way they want it. So on on that line, I want to understand that where did this, this all start from? I mean, what made you push these boundaries or trying to push these boundaries
0: um i think I think I never liked uh compartmentalizing things like I didn't ever like the tag of just a textile designer because I mean if you personally ask me, I'm still at an at a stage where I'm still growing and establishing myself and understanding what my practice is about so uh I think um moving from one medium to another i don't think it was a very conscious decision it was more it's more about something i wanted to do because i wanted to say something which maybe uh, was not couldn't have been possible just with textiles so so um, i mean when you say that a, a, a painter moves to you know doing sculpture because because they don't find the previous medium good enough i don't think it's that it's it's there anybody is always trying to tell the same story because it's coming from that one person. So what that output could be, could be in the form of a painting or a sculpture, you're still trying to say the same thing or you. it's it's probably an extension of the same thought that you had while painting. So it's, you, you don't look at these uh, uh, moving from one medium to the other as separate from one another, but you kind of look. Uh, I mean sometimes I look at them as almost like uh bouncing boards you know like I keep bouncing off one or bouncing off the other and then coming back to the same uh, one again so I think they they for me uh doing a textile art piece or doing um a kinetic sculpture or doing uh a something with photo editing for that matter it all for me belongs to the same story or the same line of thought that I'm trying to tell so um so I I don't know I, I some I don't always think it's a very conscious decision. That oh now I want to work with wood or you know. So it, it it just happens in the process of it where you're working with textiles and you think that okay I'm making a I'm making a structure and I'm like okay maybe if I use a wooden structure here it'll help make the structure stand for that matter. So it just becomes it, it's more about what you have in mind and achieving that that becomes more important than the tools that you're using, I guess.
1: Correct. Yeah, yeah. All right. I think, um, I mean, this is a good note to end this first (laughs) part, at least in my journey to understanding textile. If people have to follow your work, uh, what's the best way? Um, uh, I think, uh,
0: yeah, Instagram probably is the best way at the moment. So um, you can follow me at at the rate Isha Pimpakhare. And, uh, yeah, that's where I generally am most active at the moment. So, yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Cool, cool. Okay, all right. Uh, Thanks a lot for giving your time. It was wonderful talking to you. All the best for your future projects and thank you.
0: Thank you so much for having me and this was great. Thanks a lot. And that's it from today's Gyan Session. Catch us on iTunes, Savan, Stitcher or any podcasting app you use. Do rate us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Stay tuned for more Gyan on audiogyan.com. Till then, bye.